Happy birthday, Adrian, by the way, in the middle of all that. Hebrews 12, 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you've been through, we've been through a lot over the last three or four years, two or three years, last few weeks, you're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. You ever check your awe meter? Reverence and awe. Sometimes we get so busy, right? We're so far ahead looking forward to things and looking back and regret, looking forward to some hope. And sometimes we just miss what's going on right now, right? Like I said, turning 63 tomorrow, and, 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 and I'm not worried about that. It doesn't bother me at all. I just want to make sure that I'm not thinking too far ahead or too far in the back. I'm not promised a lot in front of me. I look forward. I hope I do. Can't do much about what's behind me, but I can do something about it right now. I can live fully in the moment. And one of the things I can do living in the fullness of that moment is be thankful. So this week, obviously, is the only week out of the year we have to be thankful. And aren't you glad about that? The rest of the time, we can just complain, mumble, grumble. Like scripture, I don't have it up here. I complained and my soul went into despair. Wonder why our country is in despair? Because the soul of us is complaining and criticizing and looking for ways to critique instead of going, let's look inward towards ourselves. That has nothing to do with my sermon today. The truth when spoken is truth, right? Not because I spoke it. Be thankful. In all things, give thanks. Talked about last week, our building, and talked a few things. If you want to go back and listen to that, we'd appreciate it. If you didn't listen to it, I'd appreciate you going and listening to it because it has a, I think it's critical in, in the life of this church. And, but one of the things I talked about was, you know, if we had the money that what this property is probably worth, we probably would not go out and build exactly this facility, okay? We would do it differently. But one of the things we would do differently, no question, if I was a part of it is, we would build a greater linger space. Lingering is really important to me personally. A place to kind of hang, that place between transition of maybe what we were doing in here and maybe you getting in your car and going home, but that place where you kind of stop and go, I'm not ready to leave yet, but I know I'm done in there, whatever that is, whatever I'm done with, okay, you know what I'm saying. Where we can hang out and talk and get to know each other. And, and this church wasn't built with that in mind, and that's okay. But this day and age, I will, would guarantee you if I had the money to go build one, if I was involved in it, we'd have a great linger space. That front porch space where you, again, have a chance to interact coming in and leaving. Well, you're not in a hurry to get in the car and leave. You just linger. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people linger. One of them is they like lingering with the people that's there, okay? It's not because where it is, it's who's there. 
a lot more to lingering than space. But often, even if the people's not right, maybe the linger space is not there. So one of the things we did years ago, I, 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 it's probably my, one of my favorite series we've done here. Uh, one of them, two, two favorites is uh, Rolling Back the Rug was one of them. But the other one was the Front Porch series. And probably, it's probably the most epic set you would ever see anywhere. And we don't have any pictures of it, so I can't show you. I don't know that we do have any pictures. I asked Josiah the other day. Josiah goes, I don't know. His dad, of course, Josiah was, but his dad, Jay, was so integral in building that set. But it was a set as far as from this. And the set was from here to here, the edges of the screen, and it was a front porch. And it was a house. And it was awesome. When we finished that series, we just kept it, okay, because we liked it so much. But one of the points about front porches is, is that we have moved from, and I'll, I'll talk about it more in just a little bit, but we've moved from a front porch where people can come and interact with you to a back patio invitation only. So at Renovation, one of our intentions has been to figure out front porches, Places to linger, places for people to come and kind of hang out before. Maybe they're even in, and what I mean by in is you feel like you've joined in. You, you want to be a part of that group, which was Renovation Church. We get that. We, sometimes you're just kind of checking it out. It's not because the people don't want you there. It's because you're still kind of checking it out. And you're, but, but where are those spaces for you to do that? That front porch, if you will. I grew up. In the South and back, back in the 60s, and many of you will be able to relate to this, front porches were a big deal. Now, that was before. Now, in my, my family, we didn't have an air conditioner until like the mid-60s or, or even sometimes into the 70s or so, in certain, or certain parts of the house. But the front porch or the front patio was a huge thing because that's where you were in the summers. You were hanging out outside. You were running around, and if you're a little kid, you're running around the yard, and the adults are sitting up on the patio or up on the, on, on the, on the kitchen, I mean the kitchen, the, the front porch. Neighbors would come by. That's the place they could come interact with you. I remember my grandparents, my, one of my favorite places when, in, when I was growing up is my grandparents' house, Grandma and Grandpa Gentry. They lived only about a mile from us in the big city of Wicks, you know, the 400 people, but they lived in town. We lived on the edge of town. And, uh, but their people would come by and everything. But one of the things I loved is I, my grandparents had 12 kids, okay? Uh, we were talking about the other day, uh, hi, Dottie and Kyle and Rose and, and, and Eleanor and 12-pound Rose. And uh, I was talking about my parents, my, both my grandparents on each side of my family. My, my, grand, my grandmother's last babies were both 12 pounds. I guess they decided at that point to stop. Uh, going, okay, that's enough. I'm not saying that's what's happening here. But they had a lot of kids. My, grand, my, my the gentry side, we had 12, my grandparents had 12 kids, 59 grandkids, and 110 great-grandkids. And my grandmother knew all the birthdays, prayed for each one every day. And that's my heritage. But, man, hanging out at Grandma and Grandpa Gentry's house, it was massive. <laughs> it was everywhere. So I love that part of growing up, being on that front porch. Front porches were places I would sit and listen to adults as a kid tell stories. The stories of their lives. And most often those stories were not about how they had great accomplishments and things they had accumulated. It's most of the time about things they had overcome. Of brokenness. 
and humbleness. And about how when they wanted to quit, they didn't because something drove them. Something external, something bigger than them kept moving them forward and calling. Because my family is so much about believing in Christ. Now, and I tell people, even the 10 years I was away from the church and away from, I could look at my family, both sides of my family growing up. Now, so I'm very fortunate in that. There was always that anchor, even though I was adrift. There was that anchor of the stories. It was that anchor of faith that I could look to and go, even though I'm out here floating around and being blown here and there by every wave, there's an anchor. And I'm so glad and so thankful I had that handed off to me. But I go back to one of the reasons I love it so much was and the reason why front porches and those linger spaces are so critical to my life and the reason why I pass that on often. I think I'm even right culturally right now. People like to linger. Is because that's where I grew up hearing about these unbelievable stories of triumph. I'd listen to my dad. I mean, there are stories. I don't know about you have people in your life, but you go, can you tell us that story again? My dad was on the battlefield in World War II at Casino Italy for four days. He was a battlefield medic and got blown off. Almost half his body was blown off. Thank goodness the Lord kept it, kept it there. But for four days and tells the story. And I would add, he didn't even start telling it to after I was born. Not because I was born, but I was, it was like, 12, 15 years into their marriage before, after he had been blown up, he ever even started talking about it. But unbelievable stories. My mom had polio as a child, but talking about what, what, how she overcame that. My parents knew each other two weeks and got married. She was engaged to somebody else at the time. And that's the truth. Them telling me that they drove a two-seater car, they drove six people from Arkansas to Oregon at 35 miles an hour the whole way. Think about trying that. But I had that heritage because there was this linger time. There was this time to slow down. There was this space that was intentionally put there. But then we transitioned, didn't we? We're all glad for, if you live in Arizona especially, but we're all glad for air conditioning, right? But guess what air conditioning did? It drew, drove us in the house. We're all glad to have TVs. I've got more than I know what to do with. Most of them, half of them never get turned on, right? How many of you have that one like in every room, but you had to hardly ever turn it on? But we've got them, right? Well, guess what? Not only air conditioners drove us, air conditioning drove us in the house, TVs kept us there. Then we started moving to the backyard. Well, front porch was always about you're not all the way into my house. Now, again, doesn't mean I'm not going to invite you in, but at least it's a place kind of neutral where you can come by and whoever stops by, stops by. But when it's in the backyard, I have to invite you into there. Or I'm calling the police, one of the two. No, really. Invitation only. We want to be a church at renovation. A front porch type of church. Or whoever God brings, we interact with. We don't just have to, well, you got invited into our group. Even though I think we've got an awesome group. I love this passage of Scripture out of 2 Peter 2.9. But we are a chosen generation. 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you may declare the praises, excuse me, that you should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, I don't use those words often. Shew forth. King James Version. But the peculiar people, peculiar here is not being odd, as in sometimes we would think, well, you're just an oddball. That's, you're a Christian, so you're an oddball. That's not what that means. Peculiar during the time of when the King James Version was written meant belonging. You're a people who belong to something. You belong to a group of people that is distinctive. Talked about distinctive last week. We are a distinctive people. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I've said that many weeks ago. I don't, because I belong to God doesn't make me better than you, but it makes me better off than you if you're not. But I'm never better than you. A belonging. You know, I, I look at so many different ways that I'm a part of groups of people. You know, I, I'd sit down and send it to Allie. I said, man, there's a lot here. But there are a lot of tribes or nations are groups that I am a part of and proud card-carrying part of, even though literally not a card, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if we have it up there. Have it? There you go. Yeah, I'm a part of all those. And I'm, I am proud to be a part of every one of those. Some of them are not very good, I get it. But I'm proud to be an American. I am proud to be an Arizonian or whatever you want to call it. I'm proud to be an Arkansan and a Razorback and a Cardinal and a Son and, a, and being a part of the Church of the Nazarene and I'm all trails and all the things that, that tells a little bit of story. It gives you a front porch to my life just a little bit. I'm a part, I die hard in all those. My mom and dad, I'm a part of the Gentry clan. My mom and dad, I should have a picture of my siblings up there. I don't. I don't know if we, but my mom and dad, awesome people. They're, and I, and I, they're my heroes. I've been telling you, their stories, they should have never made it out of their early 20s, ever. They lived to be 90. I've got five siblings, and they're awesome too, and all following the Lord. But that wasn't the road. You don't know all my story. If you saw us now, you wouldn't know all my story because there's addiction in there. One of, my, one of my siblings, 25 years of addiction. My own addiction. It doesn't tell all the story, but at least gives you what? A front porch. You kind of know a little bit about my story. You see my family. Huge part. Okay. There we are. And our crew. That's our crew. That's our 14, Okay. They're awesome, and I, and I love being a part of this family. But here's what I want you to hear from me today. My number one loyalty above everything else is to the holy nation. It's to the only one. You can take that down. You say, well, aren't you more loyal to, as a husband? Aren't you more loyal as, as a dad? No. Aren't you more loyal as American for sure? 
No. I'm loyal to the kingdom that cannot be shaken. You know what that does? Every one of those I listed up there, the ones I show, that makes me make better decisions for every one of those I'm loyal to. When I'm loyal, number one, to the kingdom that cannot be shaken, my decision-making for all those others I am not only responsible for but I'm loyal to are always going to be better. We're all part of a lot of groups, right? I mean, we could start listing off what groups we're part of, our work group. There's a lot of things we could list off. But I would say most of them you're listing off are probably not intent on eternal things. There's some byproduct of that. We're not saying that. And I hope and pray that wherever you go, your intention is eternal. Because where you're salt and light, where you're engaged and influential. But the reality is, there's way more to the story. But we've got to figure out front porches. That linger space where you can begin to hear. Because we believe, I believe, you believe, I, I, I'm guessing because you're here. That we're part, we are a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. And if we're so committed to that, we want as many people to get in as possibly can get in. That's why we exist. That's why we're still here. When you, get, when you, got, when you gave your life to the Lord, He didn't just zip you onto heaven. You've got other reasons to be here. So as a church, how do we do front porch? I think there's multiple ways. And I listed, I think I may have a list up there. That, I mean, our live stream and our, and our social media is a front porch. It's actually more of a front porch than it ever has been because people may watch our sermons two or three times or watch this live stream before they ever step through these doors. It's a front porch. Our branding is a front porch. Our campus, when you drive by, what it looks like, and, and, and our branding tells a story. Because what we're trying to do is tell a story well of who we are here, right? It's not about manipulating somebody and trying to trick them into going, hey, we, we're going to sell them on this, and we're going we're to over-promise and under-deliver on a product. When you're passionate evangelist, not maybe that passionate disciple and evangelist of a particular thing, you will tell everybody about it. You find a food, you find a restaurant, you find, you're going to tell people about it. You're committed to it, you're passionate about it, you want them to know about it. That's how we feel about what we're doing here at Renovation. Most of all, again, like I said last week, to become known, to make him known. Our first impressions, no doubt, every Sunday. Huge front porch, more, more because we really don't have. We have a front porch, but it needs some work. Okay, our IGN groups and dinner on the grounds. What are they for? They're about community, but what are they for? They are for front porch discussions to start that discussion. Yeah, you're not all the way into the living room or the kitchen. Yes, if you will, you may be. You may already be in that group, but at least gives people opportunities to know us and know what we're about. 
I shared last week, we believe that the gymnasium is probably one of the biggest things we'll have in our, in our, on our campus that we have possession of that may be the initial front porch for people. That's why it's so important for us to get that upgraded, and it tells a story about what's really going on here at Renovation. And then the last one is you. Why do we work so hard on things like Uncommon and, and discipleship and other things we work on here? Because our goal is always Christ-likeness for your life. The purpose of Uncommon is Christ-likeness. We believe when it's all said and done, the greatest front porch in advertising and branding, or whatever phrase you want to use, of what's going on here is you. You may be the initial hope for some people. So we want to give you the best tools you can to be what God has called you to be, which we believe is salt and light where you're engaged in influence. Addressing a few of these front porch thoughts to tell the story about what God is doing and has done and will do is, of course, Uncommon that I talked about last week. Sunday, December 11th, 9.15, if you've never participated in Uncommon, or if you have and you want to take it again, we ask you to meet in the fellowship hall. We're going to go through what it means to, to engage, if you will, and be involved in the seven-week training of Uncommon from January to the first week of March. You may not be ready for it. That's just the honest truth. But you may be. We want to be able to answer the questions for you. Because again, we want to give you the best tools you can have to be salt and light. We just believe this is one of them. This is one opportunity. Second thing is, today, we've asked you to pray about it sincerely. And we're asking that we try to reach our goal of $200,000, 150 of it. Some's already pledged. You've been praying about this. I hope and pray today you realize that what we're doing with the gymnasium, no question to me, and I said last week, I cannot underestimate, it is probably going to be our biggest marketing billboard, I think is the word I used last week, to our community. Because there's no more than, there's no, nothing we do here that brings more visitors on this place. And so we're encouraging you to think about it. Maybe you've got a pledge in your mind. Maybe you need to pray about it again. Maybe you need to double it. I don't know. But we want to reach that goal. And we're just asking to help us with that. Because I believe, again, this is the time for us to step through that. Step into that new world for us, which again, is the front porch. Well, one of the things that I've repeated over and over here over, year, over the years is a statement from Richard Foster. I'm going to ask the band to come on up and we'll continue in worship this morning. And just to say to you this morning, and maybe Josiah said it up front, but I, I'm just, if, if so, I'm, I apologize for repeating. The Sunday before Thanksgiving and the Sunday before, on Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, we spend most of the service worshiping. Now, I know for some of you that's not maybe your deal. 
We believe it's for all of us, whether you sit, whether you open in your mouth and sing, whatever it is. That just how you just took my notes, but that's okay. Bring it back. Uh, but I do believe there are times where we need to understand that we live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken and that we are to worship and be thankful and reverence and all. So that's why today is the way it is. And uh, we're going to ask you to continue with this. But I want to read this passage, read this quote from Richard Foster, if you don't mind putting it up there as we close. This part. Got it? I may need my notes back. <laughs> yeah. Good night there. Now when I speak of Christian communities, Richard Foster from Streams of Living Water, I am referring not just to the work of churches and certainly not churches as they often manifest today. I'm speaking of an alternative way of living and shows forth social life as is meant to be lived. Communities of love and acceptance, fellowships of freedom and liberation, centers of hope and vision, societies of nurture and accountability. Little pockets of life and light so stunning that a watching world will declare, see how they love one another. A holy nation, a peculiar people, a royal peace priesthood that had been removed from the darkness. Actually, Scripture says we were once, we were once darkness. Not just we were in darkness, we were darkness. But we have been brought into this marvelous light. given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Won't you stand with me? We're going to continue in praise and worship this morning. In a week, to be thankful for what we have been given. Lord, help us right now to be a kind of people when people meet us, they see a glimpse, they see a Y'all come to a greater life. They see us as people that they may ask the question, what's different about you? What's different about the people you hang out with? And Lord, we know today as we speak very clearly that our loyalty is number one to you. People can take that and out of context and mean something it shouldn't. But Lord, we as believers... Once we get that right, everything else falls in place. Help us to be that kind of people today, Lord, as we come today to sing, to be thankful, to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We now worship you with reverence and awe. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.